Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to this evening's, this morning's and this <laughs> afternoon's version of episode number 36 of Mysteries of the Unexplained. I'm your host this week, William O'Hanlon. I'm available for voice work or for any type of, um, any type of voice work actually really. I can talk to you on the phone if you wish. There will be a fee. And beside me here is... Anne-Marie Gahan. I see you're still in China or on Mars, uh, following on from our Patreon introduction <laughs> episode this week, where you took um, a few moments for the signal in your brain to go to your mouth, I think, is it, when you're starting it's, off? Is that what happens? It's just the old, I do find it hard to start. I'm not going to lie then, I do find it hard to start and just, it's really awkward when someone tells you to say your name, isn't it? Um... <laughs> Why do you like? Are you trying to go against me? Is it, or what way would you like to do it? Um, I don't know. I'd like a bit more natural. Could you do something a bit more natural? Then you like state your name for the roll book. I think it's because it brings me back to national school. Oh right, you want a bit of an introduction, do you? Well, yeah. I mean, if you could just mention the nominations, the Grammy Awards, the Emmy nominations, the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, I just think it would, it would, I wouldn't feel then that I was just launching upon people. People would be like, oh, I know her. I saw her in the papers, you know? Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I'll do a proper yeah. introduction okay. um, of you. Thank you. And if you could do some, in- if you could do some introductory course to podcasting at some stage, I think that would also be really helpful. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great if you um would learn how to just um you know record as well because half the time you forget <laughs> you have to stop and oh am I recording so that would benefit you too you yeah they've bollocks. loads of stuff on YouTube these days yeah actual wench anyway your introduction Annie today I am joined by a member of society who has been nominated 
and uh, won awards a number of zero times. Her name is Anne-Marie Gann. Hello, Anne-Marie. Thank you for joining us today. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, sultry voice, sultry voice. Now, Annie, um, before we get into this week's story, um, we have a bit of old housekeeping to do. So I just want to say a big thank you to our new Patreon subscribers this week. A uh, big thank you to Rachel and a big thank you to Melanie Levers. Levers? Levers. Thank you so much for signing up to us. Um, it means a lot. And uh, you are now um, in benefit of multiple episodes on the podcast and our weekly Motu Weird Wednesdays episode. So hope you enjoy that. I just want to say that I think my strong line, my stern line that I took with people there a few weeks ago, I didn't give out. Well, I know some people might thought I gave out. I didn't give out. I just said it like it is. And I think people needed to hear it. And I'll fucking say it again. Get off your arses and go to patreon.com forward slash mysteries with the other side. Oh. No, I'm only messing. I'm only messing. Thanks so much. Uh, we've had just a lovely, lovely few weeks of people just being very kind. And if they couldn't donate their dollars, they donated their words. And a lady called Melanie got in touch with me during the week. And I think it might be that Melanie you're talking about. And she said that she found us through Real Life Ghost Stories. Big shout out to Emma. She has so many times oh, um, yeah. mentioned our name and we're not really deserving of it um and she's the best in the world i just want to say thanks to her again and melanie found us through thanks, that she, she said uh she said i i found you i love when y'all were what the fuck is in this book by the way i love that name thank you melanie not many people have said that it worked um but totally understand that we had to change lost track of you guys and recently found us again it was like a couple that broke up and then at the start you were like oh i don't really know they breathe very heavily in bed and then later on you were like oh i'm very lonely i think i'm gonna have to go back to that person and she says that we both just crack her up the banter is ace and she was dying during the watcher episodes i was like oh my god will people stop blowing up oh. smoke up will's ass about this watcher thing because he's actually Jealousy. he is actually Jealousy. working Jealousy, <laughs> such an evil thing. Do you know that Paris Hilton song, Jealousy? Please look no, it up if you haven't. It's no, petty. I fucking don't know any Paris Hilton tracks. Why would I? Um, I'm getting the colour green. I'm getting the colour green in my mind, mm-hmm. like kind of envy, mm-hmm. jealousy green. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't suit you. Oh, thank you so much, Mel- Melanie, for uh, sending your kind, kind words. And obviously, guys, there's absolutely no pressure to sign up. But if you like, if you'd like to, the links are in the show notes. There okay, is so- pressure, do it. <laughs> okay, so uh, this week, Annie, I have a tale for you that I came across, and I was like, "Oh, this is absolutely terrifying." Oh, mommy, like, I like when they're kind of funny, spooky, kind of a bit gas. I don't like when I have dreams about them. And what was the last thing I had a dream about? Some fucking weird joke that you're after telling me about. Is there a demon involved in this? I cannot say if there is or not. You make up your mind um, at the end. Could be a possibility. Okay, Okay, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Roisin. Where? Where is that girl? I tell you one thing, you don't be, you you see, it's like when you're training a dog, Will. I'd be very strict now and I'd have her there and I'd have her in during the pre-recording and I'd have her in during pre-production and you just let her off the hook every time. You sit down in that chair now, right? Because I am going to read you to Phil, Danny. (laughs) 
if you cut across me at the start of my stories one more time, I will end you Tekken tree style. Finish her. Do you understand me? Roisin is with me because it's my week. And we had a lovely day together. We went to the park. Roisin was telling me a lot of things about a certain somebody as well and the way she treats her. To be honest with you, I'm more on the side of Roisin. But that's a whole other episode. But anyway, may I begin, Annie? May I tell my story on my week? Oh, please do continue. I don't know what the hold up is. Thank you. In the 1800s, the sound of the United States was that of construction. The country was alive with various projects and the foundation of railway lines and carving out of tunnels was at the forefront. In 1851, the Hoosack Tunnel was given the green light to link Boston to upstate New York. It was a gigantic undertaking, which would take 24 years to complete. During those years, hordes of miners with picks and shovels chipped away at the hard rock of the Hoosack Mountain using mostly crude black powder. It was a slow and strenuous task to complete. Literal blood, sweat and tears went into the making of this tunnel. By the time the project was complete in 1875, 195 men had lost their lives. Most died in explosions, drownings, fires, but some deaths remain a mystery, or possibly not accidental at all. The explosive nitroglycerin wouldn't be introduced until 1865, so 14 years of manpower was required to carve out the tunnel. A new technology to the men, this explosive would speed up the project. But of course, like any explosive, it was deadly. On the afternoon of March 20th, 1865, Billy Nash and Ringo Kelly planted a charge two miles inside the tunnel and ran towards a safety bunker. Holding the detonator was Ned Brinkman. Before Billy and Ringo could reach the bunker, Ned accidentally set off the explosion, burying his co-workers alive under tons of rocks and debris. In the aftermath, Kelly suffered mentally for causing the deaths of the two men. His colleagues shunned him. Isolated, he continued his work within the tunnels, but soon started to claim that he was hearing whispered voices and inaudible mumblings that he couldn't make out in the tunnel when he was alone. A few days after the accident, Kelly disappeared altogether. His body was found two miles inside the tunnel in the exact spot where Brinkman and Nash had died. Kelly had been badly strangled to death. Deputy Sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated the time of death between midnight and 3.30am. An investigation was carried out, but with no suspects, the murder was never solved. Over the years, some of the workmen began to be spooked by shadowy figures in the tunnel that darted in front of their lanterns. A small group had come to the conclusion that the spirits of Nash and Brinkman had gotten their revenge by luring Kelly into the tunnel and killing him. Reports of shadowy figures increased. These figures seemed to be getting closer and closer to the lanterns of the miners as they moved inside the tunnel. It was as if someone dressed head to toe in the blackest black was standing in front of the light. Then they would disappear. 
At times, these figures would moan and make low-level noises, but occasionally they would give out blood-curdling screams that sent the men running. These occurrences became so frequent that the miners staged a mass walkout, and a number of men left for good, saying the mine was cursed. By 1868, the project was at a standstill. So, in response, the project managers decided to bring in local priests and scholars in an effort to calm the minds of the men and get the project back on track. A man by the name of Paul Travers was asked to come and inspect the tunnel with a Mr Dunn to dispel rumours. Travers was a qualified mechanical engineer who was highly respected. He had also been a cavalry officer during the Civil War. The project managers hoped he might shed some light on the noises that were being reported by the men, hoping the noises were merely wind blowing through the tunnel network. Travers dispelled this by giving the following account. Last night, Mr. Dunn and I entered the Great Tunnel at exactly 9pm. We travelled about two miles into the shaft and then stopped to listen. As we stood there in the cold silence, we both heard what truly sounded like a man groaning out of pain. As you know, I have heard the same sound many times during the war, yet when we turned up the wicks on our lamps, there was no other human beings in the shaft except Mr. Dunn and myself. I'll admit I haven't been this frightened since Shiloh. Mr. Dunn agreed that it wasn't the wind we heard. Perhaps Nash or Brinkman, I wonder. A month later, on October 17th, 1868, 13 miners died in a tragic gas explosion that blew apart a surface pumping station, causing debris to fall on miners working below. The North Adams transcript reported the disaster in their paper. Their story read that a miner named Mallory was lowered to search for survivors. Upon returning to the surface, he gasped the words, No hope, before slipping unconscious. The oxygen in the tunnel had been greatly diminished. Without an operating pumping station, the 530-foot shaft soon filled with water, lifting some of the miners' bodies to the surface. The remaining bodies were found a year later on a makeshift raft that the men had built in a desperate attempt to float on the rising water. I'm just going to check and make sure I'm recording. I am. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in because you wouldn't believe the amount of times that we have to do this. And we all need a break for a minute because it's crazy. <laughs> Are you okay oh. so far? Yeah, I'm waiting. Now, say that bit of the raft, the thing about the raft again. Without an operating pumping station, the 530 foot shaft soon filled with water, lifting some of the miners' bodies to the surface. The remaining bodies were found a year later on a makeshift raft that the men had built in a desperate attempt to float on the rising water. I'm just going to check and make sure I'm recording. I am. I'd use use you as a raft. (laughs) I'd be like, I'd be like Kate Winslet in that bit in Titanic. I'd be like, get off, get off my bit of fucking door. Or else I'd be like, I'll float. Float on you, but you, you, I wouldn't even fit my arm up on you. I'd be like, my arm will survive. I'll put it on you and drown I you would in the turn process. Into a squirrel monkey, and I would climb my way out of there. 
<laughs> During the time that the miners' bodies lay unreachable below, strange things were occurring once again. One worker claimed he had seen a line of men who looked like miners making their way to a water-filled pit. These men did not reply when he called out to them. Curious, he followed them on foot behind. After a short distance, the men simply disappeared, leaving no trace of footprints in the muddy ground. He still continued on, hoping to catch up with these men. Upon arrival at the pit, he could barely make out a dark shape floating in the water. Suddenly, the silence was broken with the loud cry of a man in utter torment. His screams were so loud that the man had to cover his ears. Casting his lantern down to the water to get a better view, the figure of a young man was revealed, bloodied with horrific injuries, screaming in torment. Stunned, the man lowered his hands from his ears. Immediately, the screaming stopped and the young victim disappeared. But it wasn't just the workers that were experiencing strange things. The North Adams transcript even did a report on it. Reporter Glenn Drohan said, He's English, by the way, I, I would imagine. During the time the miners were missing, villagers told strange tales of vague shapes and muffled wails near the water-filled pit. Workmen claimed to see the lost miners carrying picks and shovels through a shroud of mist and snow at the mountaintop. The ghostly apparitions would appear briefly, then vanish, leaving no footprints in the snow, giving no answers to the miners' calls. But as soon as the raft-bound miners were found, and giving a decent burial, the visitation ceased. Four more years of work was completed on the tunnel, but the eerie moanings were increasing again. The owners were now eager to rationalise what exactly was taking place in the tunnel. It was developing a name for itself. Their image was taking a battering from the press and the workforce threatened another walkout. Four years after the gas explosion, a Dr. Clifford J. Owens visited the tunnel, accompanied by James Orr McKinstry, a drillings operation superintendent. Dr. Owens wrote the following account, which is thought to have happened first in a Michigan newspaper. Um, what will I do this accent? Um. Kind of southern again, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have two choices. <laughs> so, On the night of June 25th, 1872, James McKinstry and I entered the great excavation at approximately 11.30pm. We had travelled about two full miles into the shaft when we finally halted to rest. Except for a dim, smoky light cast by our lamps, the place was cold and dark as a tomb. James and I stood there talking for a minute or two, and we were just about to turn back when suddenly I heard a strange, mournful sound. It was just as if someone or something was suffering great pain. The next thing I saw was a dim light coming along the tunnel from a westerly direction. At first, I believed it was probably a workman with a lantern. Yet, as the light grew closer, it took on a strange blue color and appeared to change shape almost into the form of a human being without a head. The light seemed to be floating along about a foot or two above the tunnel. In the next instant, I felt as if the temperature had suddenly dropped and a cold, icy chill ran up and down my spine. The headless form came so close that I could have reached out and touched it, 
but I was too terrified to move. For what seemed like an eternity, McKinstry and I just stood there gaping at the headless thing. The blue light remained motionless for a few seconds, as if it were looking us over, then floated off towards the east end of the shaft and vanished into tin air. I am above all realist, he continued, nor am I prone to repeating gossip and wild tales that defy a reasonable explanation. However, in all truth, I cannot deny what James McKinstry and I witnessed with our own eyes. Getting spooky up in here. What are you thinking so far? I am getting so scared. I'm gonna piss my pants. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Should this dead ghosts and miners down in a hole? What do you want me to say? What else would they be? They're fucking tortured souls that died a horrible, horrible death either by drowning or suffocation or being blown to smithereens with a load of explosive. I don't know what you want me to say, Will. Oh, they're only getting started. <laughs> no, stop. Oh, no. <laughs> they are only getting started. No. <laughs> Let's get it started. Huh? Will Let's you get it started. In please. <laughs> Everything Christ. you say. I'm just trying to distract myself from the story. Okay, okay, keep going. On October 16th, 1874, a local hunter named Frank Webster. Not Sally Webster's husband, I don't think. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, um, yeah, just edit that out because you won't understand. (laughs) No, no, don't. Some people will. Vanished near Hoosack Mountain. Three days later, he was found by a search party stumbling along the banks of the Deerfield River. He was in a state of shock, mumbling incoherently and falling down. He explained to his rescuers... He explained to his rescuers that strange voices had ordered him into the Hoosack Tunnel and once inside he saw ghostly figures wandering around. He also said that invisible hands had snatched his hunting rifle away from him and that he had been beaten with it. He couldn't remember leaving the tunnel. Members of the search party recalled that Webster did not have his rifle when he was found and the cuts and abrasions on his head and body did seem to bear evidence of a beating. On February 9th, 1875, the first train went through the tunnel. The Western Gateway, is what it was called, to much of New England, was open. Upon completion of the tunnel, frightening tales still circulated. In the fall of 1875, Harlan Mulvaney, a fire tender was driving a wagon load of firewood into the tunnel late one night in a bid to remove some damaged wooden supports. Suddenly, Mulvaney turned his team around, whipped the horses across their flanks and careened out of the tunnel. Workers looked on in amazement as Mulvaney raged past him with a look of panic etched onto his face. A couple of days later, workmen found the team and wagon in the woods three miles from the tunnel Mulvaney was never seen or heard from again (gasps) nearly 100 years passed it was the 1970s and the world of the paranormal was having a rebirth parapsychologists and paranormal enthusiasts flocked to the tunnel 
1973, a man called Bernard Hastaba announced that he would walk through the tunnel from the North Adams entrance to prove it was nothing more than a hoax. He was never heard from again. In 1976, a parapsychologist from Agua, Massachusetts, visited the tunnel and claimed to see the figure of a man wearing old-fashioned work clothes. The man appeared within a glowing white cloud. Could it have been the apparition that the Owens and McKinstries had seen 104 years earlier? I know she's going to be more like a southern belle. have been in the tunnel only once accompanied by a railroad official and I can attest to the claim that it is an eerie place. I had the uncomfortable feeling that someone was walking closely behind me in the darkness and would tap me on the shoulder or worse pull me into some unknown and unspeakable horror at any moment. Almaker also reported that on one occasion college students took a tape recorder into the tunnel, turned it on and left. When they retrieved the machine, sounds like muffled human voices were heard on the tape. Couldn't find the tape. (laughs) Sorry about that, Annie. (laughs) Then, a man named Joseph Impoco, a former employee of the Boston and Maine Railroad, came forward and claimed the tunnel's ghosts saved his life not once but twice. In an interview that appeared in the Berkshire Sampler of October 30th, 1977, Mpoko told reporter Eileen Cooperschmitz that he was chipping ice from the tracks one day when he heard a voice saying, Run Joe, run! I turned and sure enough, there was number 60 coming at me. Boy, did I jump back fast. When I looked, there was no one there, he recalled. Mpoko said he heard the voice before he heard the train. He added that he had seen a guy with a torch pass by and wave, but he paid no attention to him. The voice that had come from somewhere had saved his life. Six weeks later, Mpoko was using an iron crowbar to free freight cars stuck on icy tracks. Someone shouted, Joe, Joe, drop it, Joe! He dropped the bar and it was instantly struck and smashed against the tunnel wall by 11,000 volts of electricity from a short-circuited overhead power line. Later, while removing trees from the tunnel entrance, Impoco was nearly crushed when an enormous oak fell in his direction. He outran the falling tree, all the while hearing a strange, unearthly laugh. He was certain it hadn't come from one of his crew members. Impoco quit his job and moved away, but every year... He returned to visit the tunnel to pay homage to the ghost who saved his life. He was certain that if he didn't go, tragedy would befall him. In 1977, he stayed home. His wife was ill and she wanted him near. In October of that same year, she died. Locals in the area still claim that strange winds, ghostly apparitions and eerie voices are experienced around and in the daunting tunnel. Some researchers have left tape recorders in the tunnel and have reported hearing what seems to be muffled voices when they play the tape back. There is also rumour of a hidden room in the tunnel. The room is said to be bricked up and house unspeakable horror. Balls of bluish light and ghost lanterns are also said to haunt the tunnel and legends abound of ghost hands both pushing people in front of oncoming trains as well as pulling them to safety. Today's visitors to the area will find the Boston and Maine Railroad runs a dozen or more freight trains through the tunnel every day. 
If one were to walk through the tunnel, they would surely be met with a wall of steel moving at rapid speed. The end. So, Annie, we're going on a all-round trip to the Uzak Tunnel, through the tunnel on foot. And while trains are operating, we'll be going at 12am and um, it should be nice. There will be no lights, unfortunately. You will have to find your way to the end of the tunnel just by touch, feel and smell. I would actually... I, I actually don't know how much money you could pay me to go into that fucking thing. That gateway to hell. Absolutely not. Although it did kind of cheer me up at the at the end there when you said about that ghost that saved Joe. So I'm kind of just hoping if we did have to go under pain of death, like if me and you went together, then like I think if you're a good person, if you're a good, true, kind person, I think that they'd save you while as that little ghostly hand would be coming out and pushing that bitch you right out onto the track first chance first train coming he'd be like you're gone you're you're gone you're out you're gone then it'd be like this way madame and it would guide me along it would provide fresh coffee and snacks along the way and i'd get safely out the other end oh my goodness that's the story I forgot to tell you about the woman that was seen in the tunnel there was a woman that was seen by two men they were walking through the tunnel and they said that they were walking along and that everything was fine and that this woman came out behind a rock and she said hello boys and they were like oh hello Uh, and then she said hickory dickory dock the mouse ran up the clock and then she goes run boys run and then she chased them cackling them out of the tunnel how weird is that what did you just make that up? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. <laughs> you're actually. <laughs> That's well, I just actually... thought that character my fright. That yeah. was actually more frightening than the rest of them. I just don't know. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> that actually did freak me out more than the rest of the story. I don't know if it's the nursery rhyme or hello, boys. Also, I would like to thank Paige for from Reverie True Crime for coming back to do all the voices for for this week's podcast. <laughs> She's very nice to come back on Paige for us to, to do all the voices. Um, You're getting another plug, Paige. Um, <laughs> everyone says that when I do try to do voices, um, American voices, that I sound like you. So I don't know if that's a compliment <laughs> or an insult. I take it as an insult page. Um, come here. I, I loved. I do love stories from that time in the states, like when they were building the states, like back after the finding of it. Like I just love. I love movies from that time. The Revenant is my favorite movie about the fur catchers up in Canada. Like I just love stories from that time in the states. I don't know why, but that is like that. I really. Oh, I really got drawn in there about the miners and stuff. I just oh, like, but this is the thing, right? If you die, you mm. know, there's so many stories about ghosts coming back that have died a horrible death, you know, that they can't mm-hmm. rest or they can't find peace or whatever. And they're trapped there. Well, wouldn't that mean that they're just, you know, imagine how many are in every road that was ever built in America then or every skyscraper or every fucking I mean, you know, like they're everywhere. Just so many unresting souls. It's just I don't think I could take it all in. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I did read that the mountain itself, um, the tunnel was built through like two peaks, if you get me. 
um, mm-hmm. the, at the base of the peaks and mm-hmm. the mountain Husak Mountain it's actually mistakenly people think that um, the Mohawk Indians call the meaning of that translates into um, forbidden but it actually doesn't it just translate translates into place of rocks um, so people kind of had this bit of a thing that the Indians had cursed the place to um, <gasps> keep it safe from white invaders Oh now, my god, but maybe they did. I hope they fucking did, because like, we're horrendous at really, aren't we? Oh my god, the things that were done to them, they probably did, and that's maybe why yeah. That's maybe why it all happened to them. They had left that mountain as it was for like hundreds and thousands of years, and then we were like, we're going to build a train right through this mountain, we're just going to blow the whole fucking thing up there. By the way, where, where would just... Just just wondering, curiosity's sake, where would one get one's hand on those kinds of explosives or something? <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry? If there was a vegetable patch somewhere down in, in Wexford that need to be blown up out of it somewhere, where would I get just to blow up the vegetable patch and reset it? Because it's all gone well, weeds and stuff and I couldn't be bothered pulling them all up. Where would you, Where would you get the thing to blow it up? I'd say the best thing to do would be to sit on the ground and let out the, an all-merciful all trumpet out of your knickers and blow the whole thing up. I'd say they'd be using you to have a new job. You'd definitely have a new job in the morning because they'd be like, Annie, we need you to blast this tunnel of metros going in Dublin. So um, we need you. <laughs> We're building a high-speed railway. Um, come here, how much, how much for you to spend one night in in like halfway between the entrances of the tunnel how much um if there was guaranteed that there was no trains coming through i would do for free as long you as you paid my airfare you wouldn't your bollocks would you i would would you I would, but you'd have to come with me you'd have to come with me by the <laughs> way sorry just to, just to spring this on you now I'm in a competition to go, go to space and I'm not messing with you I entered into it and it had to, you have to bring someone else but like I could bring somebody else right but I want you to come because I just want to look at your face and laugh because you'll be terrified as we go up into space and then like you'll probably get nauseous when we when we um when we get like weightless in space and stuff. They pay for the flights in the hotel and everything if we win. But um, it would be very funny though just to see you. Because I'd say you would get sick when there's weightlessness, wouldn't you? I don't want to get... I don't want to go to space. Well, I got sick on the back of a bus air and bus there a week ago. <laughs> I know, fucking, yeah. I already put your name me? down. I already I put your name down. I don't want... You can fuck off into space. I am very much keeping my keeping my feet planted coming. on there. I I I'd be, I. How do you dispose of dead bodies in space? Because I, by the time the yoke got off the ground, I'd be dead. I'd be like, God, see ya, bye. Oh, oh my god, it'd be so funny. I literally am not going for space. I'm just going to see your reaction. Well, your, I I like, yeah, I yeah. have recorded as can't well. Look I think she- line screamed. I can't look out the window of a, uh, of a moderately fast-moving car, let alone space. Would you ever get those notions out of your head? Do you think Elon Musk is going to be texting you tomorrow? Just come on, it's Will. Actually, I'm actually um, Richard I'm, Branson's I'm, in the competition, I'm, but it's I'm okay. Sorry, Elon. Secure notions. Be better Annie, off now. Annie, Annie, Annie. What? Annie, would you ever shut up? People want to ask you a few questions. 
It's that time of the week that we call. Ask any anything. Annie Denise writes in and she she wants to know if somebody if somebody wanted to buy your wee toe, what is the lowest lowest price you would take for it? Oh, Denise, you're so funny with your Donegalisms. Um. Uh, what's the lowest price mm, judging by my bank balance right now I'd say like 170 euro maybe oh my god <laughs> about that that's what I need to pay the sky bill okay next question please next question comes in from Debbie and she wants to know which song would Annie like for Will to ser- serenade her Oh my god! Oh my god! So funny! I I I love you singing um in Vogue. Don't let go. Please, <laughs> 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 please. That she obviously wants you to sing a bit of it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Like now? Yay! Start the music, please, Roisin, please. Do you want me? Oh, no, we can't. What's going on Because I can't pretend. No. Don't you want to be more, more than, than friends? Hold me tight and don't let go. Don't let go. You have the right to lose control. Don't let go. 
I think we all know that I've got a thing for Sasquatch. I think we all, do we all know? Yeah, what, David? Um, yeah, Sasquatch is the sexiest. I have a thing for hairy men. And who is the, who is the, ooh, who is what, the creepiest, the scariest? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who's the scariest? I don't know. Well, there's just been so many over the years. Uh, that fucking Mothman thing. That I don't like that flying witchy fucking fucking <laughs> bat slash owl slash man with huge saucer eyes. I just uh, I can't be. He's too fast for me. He's getting around the place too fast. At least Sasquatch is so big and hairy. He kind of just lumbers along. You'd be like, oh my god, catch me! Ha <laughs> ha! And you'd be frolicking through the fields. Whereas Mothman would literally swoop down and catch you and have you eaten before you could even get a kick out of it. Fair enough, fair enough. Becky wants to know what is your favourite real fairy tale ending? Mine is Snow White, where the evil queen evil queen is made to dance to death in hot iron shoes at the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh I love that. So true doing the fairy tale podcast for kids kind of thing, so I do be always finding these bits of uh, of real fairy tales that are absolutely grotesque. And um it's not the end of one, right? But I love this one. In the real Rapunzel, you know there's this witchy kind of one, like minding her and keeping her in the tower or whatever. And um mm. then she starts meeting her young fella and she lets down her hair and he comes up and he comes down and all the rest of it. And he's come to visit her and they're falling in love. And then um then uh, one day, like she's all innocent, she doesn't know, and she goes to her grandmother. She's like, Gra- or, wait, or auntie or whatever your one is, the witchy one. She's like, why don't my clothes fit me anymore? And and, and then your one realizes, and your one is like, oh, you wicked bitch! And uh, your one is up the door, and she doesn't even know. And um, that actually happens in the real fairy tale. And I think the witch tries to get rid of the child for her with an old homemade abortion. So there you go. That's my favorite fairy oh. tale. Thank you. Oh, lovely. Janique <laughs> writes in and she says, if you had to be a ghost in a different time period, which time period would you choose and what type of location would you haunt? Fabulous backstory. Also welcome. Oh, hi, Janique. Thanks a million. Oh, God, this is such a hard one. But when people ask me where I'd like to go back to, I always say, like, King Henry VIII's court. I don't know. I'm kind of obsessed with it. So maybe I'd be... Maybe I'd be, like, Anne Boleyn's ghost after he beheaded her. Because I think she got a fucking raw deal there. Because seems all like, oh, she wants to fucking break up the church. And this then she killed my first wife. Yeah, well, then you got sick of riding her after a few months. And then you killed her after you married her. So I'd come back, I'd come back as Anne Boleyn with my head and I'd start fucking at him at the ri- ac- at him across the room when he's least expecting it. 
He'd just be there in court and next thing his head would fly at you and funk him on the head with it. And I'd like drop it in the bed when he's his new mistress in it and all. I'd absolutely terrorise him. He was an absolute son of a bitch. And I stand with Anne Boleyn. Uh, thank you. You definitely are developing episodes of rambling, aren't you? I'm concerned now, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would be concerned. <laughs> uh, the, the doctor said it's common at my age. Yeah, I don't know. Deborah writes in and she says, Annie, what is your favourite song and could you please sing it with your gorgeous, gorgeous voice? Oh, no, no. I think we know now who the singer is here. We had Will singing. I, I, I'm not singing on this. You did do a competition of uh, Gangster's Paradise with a guitar once, remember? Yeah, I did win, actually. Yeah, I did. I did a version of Gangster's Paradise in college on the guitar and acoustic version. But I haven't been here for you now. If you have to pay money. Um, no, what's my favourite song? I don't know. It might actually be like a Luke Kelly song, like a folk song. Um, Night Visiting song. That's one of my favourites. But I ain't singing it, bitch. you got to pay me some lot of money for me to sing. So you will just whores it out for free. Thank you. I love you. Next question. <laughs> Um, Alison writes in and she says which of you has the worst temper also what is the most rage filled thing you've ever done I once rubbed chilies all over the crotches of a cheating ex-boyfriend's pants laughing face emoji (laughs) oh my god that is brilliant you absolute ledge bag um, please let us know how he reacted. Um, that is fucking gas. Which one of us has worse temper? I don't know now. I think I'd be fairly hard to actually rile up. And so are you, I think. What do you think? I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I think we're probably on a par, are we? Yeah, I don't. Like, can I, do I ever actually really get angry? Like very yeah. little. I'm also very, very. The time you wouldn't... smacked the chicken burger out of my face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I fucking knew you were going to say it. That was more like that was more divilment. Like that was just divilment. It wasn't actual. That was messing. Would they actually ever really get angry? Angry? Um, no, I don't really get that. Ang- I don't really get that angry. What's the most rage-filled thing that I've ever done? See, I'm very conflicted first. You might have noticed that about and Irish people are in general. We're like, oh, there's a sniff of a row. Well, I'll just run away behind this chair and hide here for two years until it's over because I actually cannot bear having an argument with anyone. Like, I know what are mm. like me and you over and back, but have we actually ever fell out? We fell out one time over um, you leaving a heater on in the house for two days. Remember we fell out? <laughs> <laughs> I walked out of my bedroom in the apartment we were living in and I was like oh my god the place is on fire but Will had gone off for two days and just left this like storage heater thing on and I actually was like oh my god the place is gonna blow up and then when I said it to you you were really like yeah so right I want yeah whatever and I was like Will you nearly set the house on fire and he was like yeah well well whatever and then we didn't talk for two days it's the biggest row we've ever had in the great words of Beverly Knight, shoulda, woulda, coulda means I'm out of time. <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, that's right, we're out of time of this section. Now we have to move on to what? The news. There's breaking news. Something weird's happening. Oh, fine, I'll read it. 
Sea snakes attacking divers are just trying to get laid, scientists say. Sea snakes that have been... <laughs> sea snakes that have long been known to attack human divers are probably just on the prowl for sex, according to the authors of a new scientific paper. To back up a little bit, yes, sea snake incidents are something that can happen. A venomous creature known as the olive sea snake, which inhabits tropical coral reefs and can grow up to six feet long, has reported to have attacked human divers unprovoked. Which, even if the snake doesn't bite, can pull divers into danger by understandably throwing them into panic, note the researchers of a public of a paper published in Scientific Reports on Thursday. Researchers reviewed available data on sea snake attacks and noticed some interesting things. The attacks mainly involved males during breeding season and occurred in the and occurred in the midst of activities like sea snake courting rituals and two rival males fighting. In fact, it's just a lovesick boy looking for a girlfriend or rather uh, sorry, this is gonna be in an Aussie accident accent. Um, I can't do it. I can. <laughs> Put a shrimp on the barbie. In fact, it's just a lovesick boy looking for a girlfriend and making a rather foolish mistake. <laughs> author, co-author Rick Steen of Macquarie University in Australia told New York Times. The snakes have somewhat poor vision and are seemingly launching themselves at divers in an attempt to find out whether they are suitable mates. Study co-author Ross Alford, professor, blah, 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 some fucking know-it-all said it in some college. (laughs) (laughs) They just go, hey, there's a big thing over there. I'll go and check if it's a female snake or Sheila. He said, adding that once the snake realises his error, they'll typically leave. That's why Alfred recommended that if you find yourself in this unpleasant situation, simply stay calm and allow the snake to investigate you with its tongue. No thanks. No thanks, Alfred. No thank you very much. also noted that sea snakes move so fast. Yeah noted that sea snakes move so fast you probably won't be able to get away anyway and trying to fight it is just likely to make them it's just likely to make the snake more aggressive now Annie so if you happen to be going to any deep sea diving in Australia you better watch out for this well well everything's paradise Annie I would like to take back that I said that nobody in the world would take you out because it Somebody underwater would, if you want to go down that deep, you might actually find something that will take you on a date. I'd say if you did this and you went deep sea diving out there, and you'd be like, oh God. And they're probably like, now, just to warn you guys that the snakes can attack and, you know, be careful. I'd say you could glide past like about <laughs> 20 of them and they just would be like, no thanks. <laughs> no thank you. No th- Not a giga. Not a gig out of them. And I, I go past and they go ravenous. And I'd be like, guys, calm down. It'd be like you that time we walked into that gay club in Gran Canaria and uh, I felt like I was actually a leper. I actually felt like I was a leper. And uh, Will was, I was like, oh, well, oh this isn't, I'm not going to get any looks around here kind of thing. And I spent the whole holiday being ignored. Well, it, Annie, you did go to Gran Canaria during Pride Week and we're well aware. <laughs> so I don't know what more you wanted. Well, I mean, I just a girl 
likes to be said hello to. And not even the lesbians kind of were at you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we proceeded to me to use you as our base level to see how, how good our tan was. Although I think we mentioned that before. Oh, we did. Yeah, I am the tan calculator because I will stay the one permanent shade of white all year round. Now, is this nearly over? Because I've got an awful pain in my head with all this shite. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I, I, I just, I sometimes I question what I'm doing with my life sometimes when I'm listening to things about lovelorn sea snakes. Would you ever, would you ever get a bottle of cop on and down it and then get back to me, yeah? <laughs> now, round two. Sit back down in the chair because I'm going to read you to filth. <laughs> Tekken 4 style. Finish her. If you would like to send your little stories into us, we'd love to hear your scary stories. Send them into mo2stories at gmail.com. You can also find us on Patreon and give us the price of a cup of coffee or a glass of beer, not for Will, because he might be allergic, at patreon.com forward slash mysteries of the unexplained. You will find us on Instagram at mysteries pod and at Twitter at mysteries. No, Twitter, Twitter is mysteries pod and Instagram is mysteries of the unexplained. You will find us on Instagram at Mysteries of the Unexplained or on Twitter at Mysteries Pod. Annie did the socials for once. <laughs> With a lot of help from me. <laughs> All the links for everything you need to find out about us is in today's show notes. So click the button and find out more. Click and the button, William. <laughs> click sure. the button. Make sure to join us next week or if you wish on Wednesday for more episodes of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Hickory dickory dock. <laughs> now run, boys. <laughs>
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 